Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Real spoilers powered by ReviewSTL.com. Warning, the following film discussion will ruin the ending of any movie you haven't seen. Example, Bruce Willis is dead at the end of The Sixth Sense. See how I ruined it for you? Just like that. Here are a few more. Silent Breed is people! I am your father. Get it? TalkSTL.com real spoilers. You've been warned. Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers, episode 344, wait for it, oh, the box office report. Do you remember how to do these, Kevin? And there was much rejoicing. (laughs) I don't know if I'd say much. (laughs) There was like a smattering? There was a moderate (laughs) amount of rejoicing. (laughs) I would even go... Not so moderate. Fine. <laughs> Here's the challenge to the listeners. If you're listening to this box office report and you're excited to have one of these back, post on the, the group. Tell us. We'll get three. <laughs> yeah, right. That's it. I that's want more a, than we get for movies, That's though. a good point. Yeah, that's so, a very good point. I want yeah. at least four. So you guys tell us how excited you it depends are. On, we had, what was the last one we just posted? They got some pretty good... Was it downsizing? Had some traction on it. Yeah. There's a lot of people talking about Oh, there's about a that. lot of discussion. Well, before we get off too much, we should probably go around the table and introduce ourselves. I'm Paul Harris. This is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. Paul is returning for us, which is always nice. I think he is our Alec Baldwin. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think that's the way that works. I think okay. he's our longest returning guest. Wait a minute. I have to go yell at my daughter on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> she probably... Drunkenly. She probably deserved it. Do we yeah, have... They that, normally do. No. Do we have that jacket ready for him? Would we have a jacket? Oh, I f- like Dan? on SNL when you have like the, yeah. the red blazer. You yeah, Dan, five Dan, five. Dan was supposed to bring that and he forgot. Yeah. Oh, and then he was supposed to sing a song. I think because they usually <laughs> sing when they get that. Dan's nope. gonna come back and just be like, "What has happened? It's Why gonna do be, I have so much stuff to do?" It's gonna be forty-five minutes of him just playing catch up. <laughs> yeah. So uh, shameless plugs. Don't forget we're available on iTunes. You can go there, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, it helps us tremendously. People who were kind enough to join the League of Show Shares this week. Here we go. Travis T. Witt, Jason Herndon, Julianne Jordan, Chris Magic Man, uh, Timmy Tuzunes, Tammy Sherman Powers, Brad Hyen, Dustin at Nerds at Night Gaming, Jason Weesey, Chris James, Griffin Fox Smith, Tom Comiskey, Brent Smith, Chris Sanders, Librarian Cynthia, Lane Levanway, Musings of a Cosplay. Hey, she's Witch. back. She's back. Uh, Richard Lawson and Jason Michael. Thanks, guys. And also, we should mention Jason Michael was kind enough to have me on his podcast, Atlantic SC, oh. and we talked about The Last Jedi. If you've already listened to our discussion, ours is a lot more just 
we don't do a ton of preparation and research. We go through. Speak of course, for yourself. We don't do a lot of yeah. work. <laughs> yeah, we don't Let's put be a, real here. We don't put a lot of effort into <laughs> this. Is what we're getting. At yeah, here. these people listen to the show, Joe. So it's no surprise. Yeah. But uh, you know, ours is obviously a, a lot looser of a show. We joke around. We go through the plot. Uh, the guys over at Atlantic SC, that's Lee Brady and Jason Michael. They do a ton of research, uh, sometimes weeks of research, and they really go in depth into analyzing film and deeper meaning and 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 define different words. It's it's really fascinating. So they had me on the show. I was there for trivia facts as I what was, was, to what them. was. What was their deeper meaning for Flying Leia? Uh, well, it was interesting. Go listen to the episode. I don't want to spoil it, but uh, one of them thought it was really funny, and one of them thought it was awesome. So go oh, find out why. Neither I, one of those reactions have we had on this podcast. Right. So yeah. that's why it's a completely different Joe, show. Though. I can't believe you just asked Kevin to spoil something. I know. Yeah, sorry. Show. What was I thinking? <laughs> Crazy. But uh, it, it's fun, though. Honestly, it's a completely different discussion, but entertaining in its own right. And uh, you know, those guys are uh, fans of our show, and it was really nice of them to have me on. So thank you. Well, the, well those guys on that show should share the show besides jason oh you're calling leo calling him out well he have you, have, how many times have you shared his show all the time do you nope okay then. now he, <laughs> to be fair he does live in ireland so i think that's called an irish share is that what it is yeah that's where i get my see it from am i supposed to be offended now oh that's true i didn't think about that yeah no because all the italian jokes like we're allowed yeah. to make fun of the irish every <laughs> but once that's in a different while. though because that's true <laughs> all of that is true there's no hyperboil whatsoever whatsoever now are you rela- hyperbole Hyper- I like mine better. Hyper, boy. <laughs> I said that on purpose. Uh-huh. Sure, yeah. I did. Yeah, let's. Hey, let me look up this word real quick. Hyperboil. Hyperboil. <laughs> now, are you related to Lee? Since he's from Ireland, because all the that, Irish yeah, are related. That... We probably are. We're breeders. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You are We're breeders. <laughs> yeah, he... I have. I no lie. I have forty first cousins. Good lord. What? And that's, that's so weird. Even that's... as an Italian, I have four. And and to put that in perspective, my mother was an only child, and so the forty first cousins are entirely my dad's side. That's not combined from two Jeez. sides of a family. Wow, yeah, that's, that's a, one side of a family. That's a lot of potatoes. <laughs> it is. So we I, love our potatoes. Potato family. That's I, totally real. <laughs> like if people are if, if any if any Irish person is ever like on the news, like well that's offensive. Us and potato. No, nope. it's not. <laughs> that is one hundred percent true. My favorite uh, Irish joke is. Belushi on SNL just going he's like you want to tell about the luck of the Irish how about the bad luck of right. the Irish <laughs> <laughs> well we got out of there yeah it's true you did at least yeah we you did my yeah. side did right so right. you know if my buddy Rory's listening to this we'll just t- stop it now and then because he's from he's actually from Ireland with oh, a name like Rory I know is. yeah <laughs> Rory Sullivan and it's probably spelt like R no it's spelled it's spelled the way it's S apostrophe it's not his name is Rory O'Sullivan oh there's nothing worse Nothing worse than having a punctuation mark in your name. <laughs> you can't like on the standardized tests. Like internet hates you. You can't fill out a web form. It's awful. I just think it's funny that you warned poor Rory after the fact. No, Lee lives in Ireland still, oh. and you're talking about this. Rory, stop listening. Rory. We're talking about. Well, Lee's we know. Answer. I know that Rory listens to episodes of movies that he's not going to see in theaters, <laughs> and I don't know what Lee listens to because he doesn't share the goddamn show. <gasps> All right. Well, there's your challenge. Oh, wow. Shots fired. I will say that was a good callback. Thank yeah. you. You're well, th- thanks for having me on the show, Lee, for the last time. Appreciate never it. again. Now, you're fine. It's Joe. That yeah, I'm the, I'm, yeah, that's true. You're never coming back on the show. Done. Uh, we also have a new iTunes review. Hey. You didn't even ask me. No, because you cheat. <laughs> um, plus, cheat. we had a, a discussion we about did, it. Yeah. Yes. I, knew, I knew they were there. I was like, I'm not playing that game. I'm not going down that They road. got two episodes this week because they were kind enough to review. Yes, they did. So, uh... This is from... God, I hate the f- 
font color. You thought I was going to cuss, didn't you? <laughs> I didn't know what was going to happen. Font color on iTunes. That gray on white? Yeah, it's the worst. And then it's like a three-point font. <laughs> In Comic Sans. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting old. And I'm like, I can't want... <laughs> we need to get Tom a magnifying glass to <laughs> hold over his computer screen. I need one of those. Didn't they used to have those? Like, didn't they have, like, big magnifying glasses you could put over, yeah, like, I like believe a Game so. Boy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For for the older for the elderly to play Game Boy, <laughs> yeah, play some Tetris. Yes. It's for, so your mind doesn't go to mush. That's because when is. they were kids, they were game lads. The game lads, <laughs> <laughs> master game, game, right. game rap scallions. Remember when, remember when young boys weren't Mister yet, so they were master. Yeah, that was all. Oh, that was creepy. Funny. Yeah, and it's like Ew. that. That's weird that it would go to that because master used to be like a, a hierarchy. Like a, the master was a. The head of a household right. or someone, and so it's the funny. slave owner. Yeah, oh, that's, well. that's where I was going with it. I was like, well, <laughs> and I mean, I'm talking about in British. You know, you know they they also had slavery in Britain, right? But this is not regarding slavery. What I mean is that it's like that. Start off as that. Then Why you are went, you whitewashing history, Kevin? <laughs> Good lord, don't read the thing. When I was six <laughs> years old, none of my slaves called me master. None of them. <laughs> he was very liberal. He was one of the more caring uh, masters. Read the thing. For some, reason, for, for some reason, one of them called me Debbie. I don't know why. <laughs> You were also making snack cakes. That's right. That's correct. Yeah. Paul's snack cakes are the best. <laughs> Debbie's, sorry. Yes. Yeah, there I we go. Rep- yeah. Little, Easy. little Debbie's. That's yes. where we're going Not here. Lil, little. <laughs> What's happening? Okay, the review we got says, I don't always agree, but I very much enjoy the podcast. These guys make me laugh, cringe, roll my eyes, and sometimes blow my drink out my nose. Yes! Wow. That's the dream right there. There it is. I don't always agree, and sometimes I feel... What? <laughs> now, I mean, is oh, this... here we go. Are we supposed to reimburse? Is he looking for reimbursement yeah, for his we drink? Yeah, for his sodas. Because <laughs> I don't really want to add more disclaimers to this show, but we're not reimbursing you. That should be... We should put that disclaimer. We, we are will, not responsible for any drinks coming out of your nose. We will only reimburse you up to the amount of a, <laughs> of a, of a vest. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a hyper-local that's, that is a hyper-local or a, What's the... Is Shasta the, the ICP drink? It's no, Fago. it's Fago. Fago. Sorry. Fago. I, Shasta, I apologize. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, don't do that with us. I'm sure the you one could guy. give people double the value of this podcast back. There we yeah. go. Double, double yeah. what you paid for it. <laughs> exactly. So uh, they say, I don't always agree, but sometimes I feel like I'm back bartending at Carrollton Bowl, Bridgeton, 1987. I don't know what that means. That's I mean, I know what Bridgeton is. I was bowling alley in Carroll. Oh, okay. North Town. I'm okay. NoCo, so I, I know that. I'm that's, sure I went there. That's when I was born. Is this my father? <laughs> Were you conceived in a bowling alley? I have he no doesn't idea. know. I don't <laughs> know my father. It would explain a lot. Wait a minute. Dad. Is, is that a real thing? Is yeah. that what Dad meant by pin setting? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Did, did you just like say that on the podcast? Yeah. This is like a Tommy Wiseau moment of a look into Kevin's past that nobody had any information on ever before yeah. and just drops it. Like It's just like, yeah, I didn't know my dad. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Time out. Well, I want to hear more. This is, I think this is him. Yeah. Uh, he says maracas would have forever been shaking. Yeah, that's I probably keep true. coming back for more. There. So thank you. Don't talk about my mom like that. <laughs> well, clearly she didn't come back for more. <laughs> or maybe she did. Maybe she did. did. Dad did. Uh, Who knows? You started this. Yeah. yeah. You true. opened up this I'm can not, of worms. I'm not denying it. This can of psychological worms. Your father is. Message me, Dad. Yeah. Thanks for the review, though. Thanks for coming back into my life to yes. post an iTunes review. Wow. <laughs> Makes up for all that lack of child support. Yeah. yeah. And love. Maybe my ex-wife will do that for one of my children. Here's one day. hoping. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> so, uh, so there. That's uh, that's all of the house cleaning we needed to do. We will now turn our eyes to the box office. Kevin has his abacus 
at the ready. Yeah, let me just blow the dust off of this thing. Jeez, it's like, thank you for keeping this in storage. And uh, I want to do two things today. I thought since 2017 just ended and we haven't had a box office report since then, I'd like to go over the 2017 numbers, talk about the top 10 domestic films of 2017. But let's go through the this week's top 10 first, then maybe we can transition to that. So this weekend, uh, in his third week in release, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, a 31% drop, making $34.5 million. That's a $242 million domestic. That's crazy. In, I did in not, three I, weeks. I did not expect that uh, at all. I don't think they expected yeah. that either. How much foreign? 157. So it is approaching 400 million worldwide on a 90 million dollar <laughs> budget. This is why The Rock is getting his Fast and the Furious spinoff. This is why this he's is the highest paid actor. Has, it, yeah, he. It's it's the charisma. It's the yeah. You know, it's like the guy is so likable. Even if he's in a movie where you know everyone else isn't necessarily doing anything spectacular. It's like, like when Fast the, and the Furious. Yeah, exactly. it's like The Rock shows up or on Baywatch. Yeah, The Rock shows up on screen, and you're you're like, okay, I'm on board with yeah. this. The guy he just he, smiles into the camera it's one of those things where the rock that i knew like there's no way like this is you're gonna be a wrestler forever there's no there's nothing else for you but you know there was always i mean i grew up watching the rock he was the the one that there was always that like that next level of i will say that like so i kind of sort of paid attention to wrestling during that time frame even if even if you weren't a wrestling fan you knew what was going on in wrestling. Well, I did because at that time I worked at a radio station called The Rock, mm-hmm. ninety-seven oh. FM, The mm-hmm. Rock, classic rock. That so really you couldn't rocks. avoid the jokes and, and the. So well, I, but we did a lot of promotions with wrestling, sure. so I needed to know that because because our listeners cared, right? Right, and so I remember even back then was like I didn't like I was like this is all so stupid. But when he came out, I was like, "But, but this he, guy's yeah, he's fun to watch." But I'll pay attention to this. Yeah, but this him, dude. him on Mike, that charisma, the yeah. you know, the eyebrow and the you know, you know, the know your role, shut your mouth, booty poo candy ass. Like he just you, had all you that. Felt bad for anybody that had to cut a promo okay, with yeah. him because you just it was just like, well, I'm just gonna stand here and you do your thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. It. He and Mick Foley still to this day have the highest rated segment on Raw, which mm-hmm. is the Rock. This is your life. And it went like it was supposed to be a five minute segment and it went for like 20 minutes and Vince McMahon was losing his mind backstage because they're just cutting into time. And then they got the ratings back and it was just like, oh, never mind. And <laughs> like it was crazy. Yeah. The ratings that they were pulling in. And at that guy, I mean, at his peak and then I mean, he was like 97. Like, uh, so when he debuted like, in 96. And I'm not talking about when he came out with the tag team. I mean, like when he, he was, was the tag team. Yeah. he Yeah. He came out. uh I don't think you should. He qu- came out as Rocky, as the blue chipper Joe. Rocky Maivia. Yeah, and then oh, that wasn't a tag match. No, no, I thought he was in a he, tag he match. He was in a tag match, but he was not in a tag team. But yeah, so it was like well, 90, that's where I'm. Okay, Survivor <laughs> Series 1997 is when he debuted. Yes, uh, was it a tag match? It was a. <laughs> Yes, it was an okay. Eight, it, was so, a, it was an eight man tag match, but he used he was not in a tag. Wow, team. pedantic about the details, <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, so ninety seven to my point he is left he was, in like two thousand two. I think is when he stopped being a full time. But wrestler. tag team would imply that he had a partner, so he had three of them. But it was just a like it, my ex wife, exactly uh, like your ex wife. Wow, <laughs> but it wasn't no, like it, that he, number's way too low. <laughs> it wasn't like he was part of the Legion of Doom. Like yes. it was just he. Okay, but then, that wasn't my point. My point was when he was solo, and you know the millions, and the, and the crowd would erupt. That wasn't and, even how it started. Like so, he they tried to make him like this baby, a good guy with no, you know, he was a yeah. perfect good guy, and the crowd, like it's to the point where they thought we he doesn't really have it, and then they turned him heel. Yeah, 
and it was game on. Yeah. And they were just like, just say whatever you want. And it was, and he was like, okay. <laughs> the reaction. It's like that guy was a star and you yep. knew there was something different about this guy. <clears throat> and it's amazing to see how he's grown. And I mentioned it briefly last episode, but when you watch his early work, the early films, you know, you it's like, see it a little it's, bit. It's a, yeah. It's a little rough, but he still has that charisma and you can tell he was going places. And now when you see him, I mean, he is a certified a list movie star. Yeah. The guy has got it. He's going to have to mess up pretty bad to lose that status yeah, i don't think and I, but that's the thing is like he's making good choices yeah like there was well, that there there's if there's some bad ones like what besides Bay, but i mean like he almost has the sam rockwell syndrome where like he can be in a bad movie but he's not bad oh that that's probably true yeah i haven't seen them all but i just mean it's like you know there are some that we don't really think about that he's been in but the hits are Massive Phenomenal, hits. right? Yeah, oh yeah. And so, yeah, this movie is doing amazing. Almost four hundred million in three weeks. So, I didn't expect it. We'll see where that goes, but and it deserves it. Go listen to our episode last week. Yeah. I think Jum- we all was a lot of fun. Jumanji three. Yeah, it's, I'm <laughs> sure it will be coming. Don't worry. Uh, number two is uh, Insidious: The Last Key. Now, is this a new one? This? It's a, it's, uh, it's such a weird franchise. Well, yeah, it's a new one. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, well, so my they... screen says week twelve, so that's why I questioned it. I thought it opened, but it says week twelve. Yeah, I think it must be some kind of mistake. They yeah. wanted to make oh. sure it got in there for awards consideration. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? So, but uh, it's got to be a it's, was, it's like uh, so yeah. they killed this character in the first movie. Is it like, an old lady? It's Lynch. Uh, Lynn Shea. I just saw an article about Sh- this. Is that Bob Shea's wife? Bob Shea, who used to run New Line. Like, Bob Shea created New Line. Uh, you got All me, right, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, like, I think they killed her character in the f- in the first movie, and then the last three, I think, were were flashbacks. Wow. I think. I don't, I've i only seen the first one, so I don't really know. But I, I haven't seen any, and I just saw this article about how this the head of this horror franchise is a 70-something-year-old woman. I'm it like, was Patrick Wilson, wow. I think, in the first one. It was Patrick Wilson and in one and two. he turned into a 70-year-old woman? No, but they, like, they transitioned away from him. <laughs> yeah, to, and, like, seven, to her. What yeah. an interesting switch. <laughs> yeah. So the movie opened to $25 million, so that's... It's a Blumhouse special. For a little, yeah, for a little horror film. Uh, this did have a $10 million budget, but... What did the first one have, out of curiosity? The budget first wise. one. So let's see. Going down to let's see, chapter two. Back to okay. Uh, Twenty eleven. Insidious opened uh, opening weekend thirteen million on a one point five million dollar budget. A, it ended up with fifty four million domestic and forty three million foreign. Yeah. On a one point five. That's I, the. I saw. A, I forget what it was for, but I saw like a poster for a movie, a a Bloomhouse movie the other day, and. Bloomhouse was almost as big as the title. Oh, really? <laughs> and I just thought it was interesting that like they've become a brand name, oh, synonymous yeah. with quality to the average film goer enough that they're putting their name big. I wonder, like I, I wonder if it's going to get to a point where it's like they become like Quentin Tarantino presents. You know, like the, where they're not like. I wonder if there's a way to differentiate between their blockbusters well, and tilt. then. Oh, that's right. There is tilt. BH yeah, tilt. Yeah, that's, that's right. Their, that's right. That's like yeah. the ones that are just like, yeah, we don't really know about this. Happy yeah. Death Day, I think was. I think the analogy is in Quentin Tarantino, but uh, Roger Corman. That's good. Yeah. yeah, that could be. That's that's yeah. very true. Says he never lost a buck. Right? I believe it. Yeah. I mean, when you put twenty five bucks in a movie, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, big opening for that one. So if you, if you put a hundred million into a movie and you lose a dollar, you never know. You never. Yeah, right. twenty five dollars <laughs> and you lose a dollar. <laughs> like, you notice it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so good for Insidious. We'll see. I think you said it's a fourth one. You think it's, it's like a, fourth a third one, yeah. prequel or something? Yeah, like that? interesting. I, I'm sorry. One and well, I think one and two are. Like the, 
the same time period. Okay. Like it's, it's because Patrick Wilson's in both of them. And then three and four, I think, are flashbacks. Gotcha. Okay. Well, we'll see where that one goes, but not a bad opening. Number three, Star Wars The Last Jedi, making a few bucks. $24 million in week four. That's what is f- that? Have you guys talked about that no. at all? <laughs> I just skipped it. Uh, is we're, it like a remake of Return of the Jedi? Or we're something? waiting for the VOD. <laughs> yeah. Some indie movie? I didn't I, see it. Yeah, who knows? Uh, so, yeah, I think $5.72. Oh, no, wait. $572,900,000. Uh, and that's just domestic. So uh, it crossed the billion dollar mark, I believe, last week, 573.4. And so it is up to $1.12 billion on undisclosed budget. Is it the fastest these movies have gotten to a billion? Like how fast did, so. how fast did Force Awakens go? I think Force Awakens got there faster. Did it? Yeah. Okay. And I feel like and that's if, really and fast. You, and if you believe the Drudge Report, and why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, right. uh, the movie's a huge failure. Yeah. What? I, like, I get I get all Drudge Report talks about is like how this movie's tanking. And it's Hold like, on, what? It's yeah. so weird. I don't I, I don't know what constitutes a tank when you do a billion dollars. I mean, it's not doing quite what Force Awakens did, but Force Awakens one had th- had had Han Solo, yeah, you know, and do you, do you think that's that was a draw? And it was absolutely it was the and, first half and of the a thirty-year build. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, but this one, so compared to Force Awakens, Force Awakens had made six hundred and fifty-one million in two weeks. Okay, so this one is in week four and has made less than that, but the. I mean, it's pretty close. Yeah, the, no, the numbers are still huge. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot to, the factors into that one. But. I, think, I think Drudge is right. This is killing the whole franchise. <laughs> there won't be yeah. any more of these movies. That's yeah, sure. they're done. <laughs> they're just taking the toys off the shelf, not even putting them in the clearance. Bins. Right. No, they're just taking them off. They're Recycle. taking them off the shelf. And if you go there, and there's just a note apologizing. It's like, really <laughs> yeah. sorry. We're really, really sorry. sorry we did this. So Disney's owned Lucasfilm for like four years, I think. I think uh, the deal was 2013. Okay. And they've made four billion dollars back. Sweet. What did they pay? Did they pay four billion for Marvel as well? Yeah. Okay. They paid four for both. Okay. So and then like sixty-two billion for Fox. No, it was like fifty-six. Fifty-six well, and some change. There's there's a debt there that they didn't. Oh, they is that took right? On. Okay. So they okay. paid sixty something. They got a deal because they took on like twelve in debt. Okay. Whatever. But it's like a sixty-three like, million. How much dollar. you got? hundred million in debt. Not a problem. Yeah. Don't even worry about it. I know it's We're sa- going to go put out a Star Wars movie and take care of that real quick. <laughs> I know it sounds counterintuitive, but but Fox is worth more. I, I would mean, agree. Fox, I mean, Fox has, you know, 50, 60 years of catalog and, you know. You know, I just realized. And they get Avatar. Well, they like, also, they get Aliens and Predator. So, like, Dark, yeah, Hor- they get Dark Horse. Yeah. But Dark Horse Comics, like, their, their, their main books were Star Wars, Aliens, yeah. and Predator. And now they've lost all three. Yeah, <laughs> all they've got now is Hellboy. Like that's about it. They've got some yeah. other Magnola stuff, well, but just wait for the the you know the bank statements to clear on this Fox deal, and just wait. that doesn't count. That doesn't help Dark Horse at all. I well, they'll be owning Dark Horse. Don't that, worry. That could be true. Just wait, yeah. wait for yeah. them to build their that, reserves that up that a DC, little bit. The DC is just like, oh god, please don't try to buy us. Yeah, I I think if that I don't. I don't even think, buy DC. I don't think even our government would let yeah. that. Happen. No, they, <laughs> I can see them buying like Dark Horse. I could see that. But not yeah. Now DC. that's a monopoly. People talk about. It. Isn't this a monopoly? Like if Disney Marvel buys DC, that's a. Monopoly. I just had that conversation. I'm just like, no, because there's Warner Brothers and Sony, and there's other studios out there that will. Why would Universal? They buy, why would they buy Dark Horse? What could Dark Horse have that they possibly want? You just said all they have is Hellboy, right? Uh, I mean, they've got they they've become like those the Predator, Star Wars, and Alien stuff. But they license that. Like, you don't need to buy... If you buy Dark Horse, you don't get that. No, but you would get Hellboy. You would get 
Abe's like the whole Hellboy universe, which I guess doesn't really right. So far, matter. all you've said is Hellboy. Yeah, yeah. you just Abe's. keep saying Hellboy. <laughs> I'm trying to like if he says it have, more, it will be more impressive. Yeah. They have goons. concrete. Like, uh, that is Dark Horse. That was they have, Dark they have Horse. The nobody goon. cares. There was almost that goon movie. Did you ever see that test footage? No. So Fincher was going to do uh, an animated goon with yeah. uh, Clancy Brown as the voice. Yeah, I saw and, that. And uh, Paul Giamatti as his little buddy. And it ne- like it never got... I completely forgot about yeah, that. There was yeah, a, there was a proof of concept. I was like, uh-huh. yeah, let's do this. And that never happened. But yeah, yeah they don't really have any... They, I mean, they the big one that... Dis- like, if Disney bought Image, that would be on another level. Yeah. Like, that would be bad for anybody else. But I don't... Dark Horse doesn't really have anything. Well, I think they've got enough to keep them busy for at least a couple good. of years, yeah. so we'll wait for them to make that money back. But anyway, so yeah, Star Wars Last Jedi, uh, we're talking about over $1.1 billion in four weeks. And so. almost, almost none of that is China money. Cause China, did they not release it? They did, but China doesn't care. Oh. Huh. China, well, that's interesting. Yeah, because uh, it was... It wasn't released. Like, what drives Star Wars is nostalgia. Right. And it, oh. And there's no nostalgia for the property there. Now, this movie has magic and ghosts in it usually china doesn't let you you know it, there's ghosts yeah. literally force ghosts there's a magic force ghost but yes well, it's still there it's still there i mean it's a problem ghostbusters had it is that's true. so yeah. i it's interesting that they i wonder how much editing if any goes into the chinese star I wars wonder if they just have a they dub it to where they explain it as not being ghosts somehow yeah or i mean you can cut that yoda scene out like well, i wonder uh, from, yeah from i mean if you you don't that yoda scene isn't crucial crucial to the story so they could edit it's a good it out scene, though. it is it's great for us in that scene they just they dial up the translucency so <laughs> right. solid. Well, what's funny is that when you when you see yoda and his back is facing the camera you get the the blue yeah, sure. uh, bubble when you see him in person they lose that like he's a lot less transparent right. from the front than from the back i just i thought it was weird they dialed it down depending on the camera Maybe work it's when he showed up like that's him materializing and then he was full. No, I mean there. they would cut back and forth like oh, to Luke see, with his back, but anyway, so clearly they could turn that on and off if they wanted to. No yeah. one no one here thinks that was as cheesy as Bob Newhart on the Big Bang Theory with that blue thing. Nobody, oh. nobody on this show watched I've, the Big Bang Theory. So wrong. <laughs> I've, 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 yeah. So I've seen so I haven't watched a lot of Big Bang Theory, but I've seen a few clips and I tried to explain this to these guys. I go Bob, it's Bob Newhart. He plays a character called Professor Proton, yes. which is supposed to be like Bill Nye. Yes. And I feel like he is like losing his mind. Like it's so bad and hard to watch. Like I feel like he is like has Alzheimer's and they're like feeding him like he's so slow on his delivery. It's interesting and, if you go and back and lost. Wa- if you go back and watch a 1970s Bob Newhart show, that's always been his delivery. So that the same is, delivery okay. he has in the in his eighties. Yeah. He had in his forties. Okay, so that's and just on his, his, on, okay. his, on Button Down Mind, his nineteen sixty comedy yeah. album, which was the first comedy album to debut at number one. Um, he's always talked with that stammer. And it's like that? Okay, because yeah. I, I felt bad for him. Like, they got this guy to come do this, and he's like, he, he looks like he's lost. No, like. that's his shtick, actually. Okay, that's okay. What you, so. That's what you want from Bob Newhart. Okay. My, my daughter, who was not familiar with any of that stuff, said, what's wrong with this guy? So uh, she said the same thing. Because yeah. I, I've seen some of his stuff, but I mean, not a lot, and it's been a long time. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, he's... They like uh, kidnapped him into doing and brought him to do this role. He really does like he's they, looking they, around. They paid off his handlers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, no, his his stand up was always kind of uh, one sided conversations, mm-hmm. and the humor would come from you filling in 
what the other side had yeah, said right. and then getting his reaction. Ah. So is it, it was all based around him having a reaction to something you didn't hear and mm-hmm. uh was just brilliant. Yeah. Just and and you cannot overstate how huge that guy was. Oh, my oh God. really? He yeah. had the, those first three comedy records he put out, Button Down Mine, Button Down Mine Strikes Back, and what, The Return of the Button Something Down Mine. Something like that. Yeah. Um, the, they were, uh, at one point, they were the top three albums in the country. Wow. I mean, like, wrap your head around and this that. this is in the 60s? This would have been, like, 61, Yeah, 62? 60 to 62. Okay. Yeah, and... Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, he basically kind of invented the the par- what they call the party record, which is now like a well, no, 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 no. Well, I guess the party, but people would listen to them at parties. The party record for white people. <laughs> there we go. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. Red yeah. Fox invented the party record. <laughs> Was he doing them before that? Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's okay. He's the Perry Como of party records. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> yeah, he was writing his own stuff. Yes, <laughs> he wasn't stealing other people's material. Yeah, he, the Dane uh, Cook of. Uh, the 60s. If you, if you want to hear any of his stuff, go find, and it's probably on YouTube or, or other sources, go find the one where he plays one of the publicists for Abe Lincoln. Oh, that's brilliant. All as, right. as Abe Lincoln is going to give the Gettysburg Address. Okay. And it's classic. And another one he did was uh, being a guy who was back in England when Sir Walter Raleigh called or contacted them. These were all phone calls and New Arts bits. Uh, called them to explain tobacco, yeah. <laughs> which no one in England <laughs> knew what they knew. Yeah. All right, all right. There's well, another good one where he's trying to explain baseball. Yes, and uh, Abner Doubleday. Yeah, and he's you know, and they're like, we were looking more for like board games, <laughs> something like two couples could play. And That's one of my favorite Carlin bits. Is the the comparison between baseball, baseball and, and football, baseball football. football. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, and then of course the driving instructor. Yes. Uh, okay, so you were talking about the one sided conversation. Yeah, and I remember you talking about the driving. He was the, like, "I can either do this bit now." Yeah, this or now, we this could. is that's a version he recorded like I guess in the nineties. Uh, the what he did for the Nick at Night special. Yeah, or was the button down concert, and he's and he's like starts going the drive. Have you, do you know what I'm talking about? I won't bore you if you know what I'm talking. about. <laughs> He, I, I know the bit, but I mean, I don't know if you've seen the, this version. I probably have. Uh, he starts off and he's like, so I'm going to do the driving instructor bit and the crowd kind of like, he's like, where well, I'm teaching a, a woman how to drive and the crowd's kind of like, oh, <laughs> and, uh, and he's just like, I know that it hasn't really aged the best. Yeah. And uh, sometimes people are getting a little f- offended and he's like, so I don't want to offend anybody. So in an effort to to, to not offend anybody, uh, I've changed it from a woman uh uh, to a Chinese man, <laughs> and, then, and he starts doing it, and then he starts doing like just broken gibberish Chinese, like ching chong, and uh, and then he does that. I mean, he commits. He does it for like fifteen, twenty seconds, and then he stops, and he's like, "Okay, so I can either do this for another eight minutes, or I could make it a woman." <laughs> it's up to you. Oh, so I have to go stuff. back and find yeah. a lot of those old yeah. bits because I'm sure I haven't seen I, the. The Lincoln one is my favorite line is where he's he's like uh, well, he's critiquing the the first draft and he's like uh, what did he say he's like he's like I guess in the original one he didn't say four score and yeah. eighty seven is like, not as good as four score as seven years <laughs> yeah. ago he's like it's, it's 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 like if uh, it's like if Julius Caesar showed up and said friends Romans countrymen I got something I want to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Abe, but, hey, Abe, do you have enough of the envelopes left? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll, yeah. we'll we'll send some more. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he always does it. Does it? Does it? 
like that. Right. Yeah, like that's like, the... I don't have a stutter, and he doesn't really have a stutter, but he has yeah. a stammer, which is what makes the timing so perfect. Oh, absolutely. But on TV, in character, it's weird. It is very weird. But not as weird, watch me bring this back, oh. not as weird as the blue glow around Professor Proton. <laughs> yeah. Particularly when he's in the Jedi uniform right. on a couple of episodes of The Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Ugh, yeah, I saw a clip of that. I didn't sound stutter. I'm just like, what is happening here? Anyway, but uh, yeah, so go watch that if you want to. But it sounds like maybe <laughs> maybe go listen to the old Bob Pope or uh, Bob, Bob, Bob Newhart. Newhart. Sorry, Bob Newhart. Specials. You can listen to Bob Hope too. That's Bob Hope, if you want, yeah. <laughs> go watch some road no, movies. Early Bob Hope. Like I, if you if you dial in on Bob Hope in like the sixties and the seventies, especially the eighties and nineties. But <laughs> but uh, like I get like if you if all you know of Bob Hope is from TV, like I get the. But if you look those early Bob Hope movies, those were. Road to Morocco. The Bing Crosby. Oh my god! Not for me. I love Never that stuff. It. And I and I also think that I know he's not a joke writer. Like you know, he didn't really write. Any yeah, of that write stuff. for him. Yeah, but uh, um, but the timing. He's another one where his timing is just. There's a guy from St. Louis that used to write for him. Oh really? Yeah, like uh, Mickey. He's working for the sheriff's department. He was working for the sheriff's department when I was there. Hmm. And that like yeah, how do you go from? That's he. When I say work. I mean, like he had a little he job did it behind one time. the desk. Yeah. No, no, he were he was there every day, but it was just like he didn't really do anything. Like that was like the, the old political. Here's a job, Mick. Gotcha. And the, mm. yeah, the best Bob Hope thing I ever saw was uh, an SCTV bit that I know is on oh. YouTube because I just watched it with, Dave. with with Rick Moranis as Woody Allen. Yeah. And, oh man. And, and Dave Thomas as Bob Hope, and Woody Allen so is good. watching. Bob Ho- Bob Hope movie at the beginning, just like at the beginning of our played uh, uh, played against Sam, where he's watching a Newhart uh, a, a, a Bogart movie, not yeah. a Newhart Bogart movie, and he's walking out of there and he starts acting like him. Well, in this parody, he starts acting like Bob Hope and decides he's going <laughs> to write a movie for Bob Hope, and the two of them together, the impressions are a hundred percent right, just perfect, yeah, and the timing between them and the writing, it's a skit that was so long it went past a commercial break and came yeah. back another segment. I mean, it was almost like. A Thirty-minute wow. sketch. It yeah. just kept going, and, but it was great. Oh. And uh, and and Woody Allen is like, I mean, if once you once you know it, you really can't unsee it. Oh, but like, he, you mean Moranis's impression of him? No, Woody Allen. Uh, if, if you watch a Woody Allen com- comedies, he is completely impersonating Bob Hope. Yeah, oh, really? He's it's, yeah, right, the early yeah. ones. He is uh, especially like the one where it's just uh, blatant is. Uh, in everything you always want to know about sex, but we're afraid to ask mm-hmm. when he plays the court jester. Yep. And the court seat. Like, that is. Really? That, That's a Bob Hope I mean, stick. that could have been a Bob Hope movie. Yeah. Like, that. I mean, it is. Interesting. I mean, he is he is a huge Bob Hope fan. And uh, and you once you know that, it's kind of hard to, be, to not see it. Right. Like, on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you're you're doing Bob Hope. You're just doing it through this kind of nerdy, Ju- nerdy Jewish character. Yeah. But, like. If you could sound like Bob Hope, you would be doing that <laughs> yeah, right yeah. now. You just can't. There's yeah. a scene in the parody where Rick Moranis, as Woody Allen, breaks the fourth wall and starts talking to the camera, and Dave Thomas as Bob Hope says, what are you doing? Talking to the camera? Wait a second. That's my shtick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Well, as soon as just, you just picked up Strange Brew. Nice. Oh, I love Strange Brew. As soon as you said Rick Moranis is Woody Allen, like that's a perfect fit. Right oh, there. Yeah. I could see that. And easily. when you see it, you actually, after a few minutes, you stop realizing it's oh, Moranis oh. and Thomas. They are so they are perfect. So good. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll take it that. Maybe among the best impressions I've ever seen of anybody. Nice. Especially because Thomas is doing like later era 
low-key Palm Bob Springs Hope. Bob Hope. Yeah. yeah, he's not doing like Bob Hope from the 40s. Right. He's doing Bob Hope from the 70s. And it's and which is it's always interesting like when you see somebody do like a Jerry Lewis, but they do a Jerry Lewis from the 80s, not oh, the Hey Lady Jerry yeah, Lewis. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like you know, you don't like see telethon, very, telethon Jerry Lewis. Right. I just saw a video clip of the like knockoff uh uh um Jerry Lewis like uh, the duo like the Martin and Lewis. There was a movie yeah, where, uh, the, pa- like, he actually sued the guy. Papillo, it, it, uh, Papillo. It's like something Papillo, and they... Yeah, uh, it's a weird... The name sounds nothing like Lewis and Martin, and he, but... And the movie is, uh, it's like, it, Bella Lugosi meets a Brooklyn gorilla. Yes, yes. the that, movie you're talking about. Yeah, and it's like... And what the, is it? The guy is doing Jerry Lewis's... looks and sounds. It's like Sammy Papillo or something like yeah. that. He looks and sounds just like I Jerry mean, Lewis. I mean, the haircut, the outfit, and he's like... Go, it's like, hey, lady. It's like the way and, he talks. And they, wow. they found a guy that looks like Dean yeah. Martin, yeah. And, then, and then Jerry Lewis ended up suing yeah. him. Oh. And it was like... And then he actually ended up working for Jerry Lewis. He would... They would do because when they would do the Colgate Comedy Hour, yeah. it was live, and he like sometimes he needed like doubles or he had to be from, and yeah. they would use him as like a oh stand-in. no, oh kidding. really? But yeah, um, <laughs> that's a funny story. But yeah, it's it's I think it's like Sammy, per, no yeah. Patrillo. That Something, sounds right. Yeah. yeah. When I saw that, I'm like, are you but, kidding me? This guy just like stole his entire They act. did that with Bruce Lee. Like after Bruce Lee died, if you go back, there are a bunch of movies where it's not oh, yeah. not L E. Like so, Bruce L E. Oh, it was like L E I G L I L E I, and there were guys that like sort of had a similar build and would wear similar pants and a similar haircut. And like I remember as a kid, like Blockbuster had a like you know rows and Where? rows exactly oh. uh, of martial arts movies. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And I I wasn't paying attention up to the name, but I was like, oh, that guy, all right, Bruce Lee movie, sweet. And I grab it. And I was like, wait a minute. That's not Bruce yeah. Lee. They did uh, one where there's a guy that looks like Bruce Lee on the cover, and when you go home and, and put it in the in your VCR, uh-huh. there was just somebody being like, "You're a racist." <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Try that? to get your money back and explain <laughs> yeah. this one. Mm-hmm. I yeah. thought it was Bruce Lee. Yeah. Sorry. So uh, continuing on the box office, so Star Wars made all the money. Number four, The Greatest Showman. So uh, if you've read any discussion on the League of Show Shares, it's no surprise that I love this movie. It's one of my favorites from 2017. If you're a fan of musicals, it's the same guys, Pasek and Paul, that wrote the music for La La Land, which I know can be uh, you know hit or miss for some people, but uh, really good songs. It's got like 11 songs on the soundtrack. They're all good. It's uh, it's it's a lighthearted, like, feel-good movie. It's not a biopic of... Uh, Barnum. So, like, a lot it, the controversy around it is P.T. Barnum is was like pro slavery and animal abuse and all that. Yeah. Like, the movie doesn't touch on that stuff, but it also is inspired by the man. It's not a biopic, right? And uh, it's if you read the history of P.T. Barnum, the stuff that happens in the movie, I would say like eighty percent of the stuff is not based on real. You know, they right. they used him as a vehicle to drive this point of uh, humanity and accepting people, and and it's just a fun movie. So, like, don't look at it for the truth of Barnum, but just go to have a fun uh, with a modern musical. And uh, I'm glad to see it doing well because in week two, it actually broke a record for the highest increase for a movie in over 3000 screens. It had a 73% increase. That's insane. It, it opened to something like 9 million. So it had an abysmal opening on an $80 million budget and then made a 73% increase in week two. Now in week three, it took a 9% drop. From wow. that seventy-three oh, wow. percent increase. So this week, the greatest. Does he show- stab anybody in the face with claws? 
Uh, no, they uh, edited that out I'm for out. the rating. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, well, you're and you're not a musical <laughs> no. guy. Some people said like, "Are you going to review the Greatest Showman?" And people are asking about it, and I'm like, "Joe doesn't like musicals, so like, there's one of three that nope. would just yeah, it's so it's not worth it." But I'm like, "If you so like, worth doing it just to make you sit through a musical, you would sure. not." <laughs> you're like you find somebody <laughs> but i'm like if you like musicals first of all if you enjoyed la la land you'll like this but the thing that makes me the most excited about it is like last year we got la la land this year the greatest showman which in my mind are, are good musicals year before that it was into the woods that, eh, that i wasn't especially like the live well, like, just roundabout saying, like, it, theater. Was, it was a musical though no, no, I'm talking about original musicals. Oh, I see, like, I see. So, Yeah, you don't get a lot of ori- but, screen original yeah, musicals. Yeah, two right. years in a row to get these original musicals that are, you know, doing really well, La La Land critically, showman with fans. It's like, I want to see more of that. So when I saw this one's opening, I was like, oh, come on. Like, I want them to keep making these. Right. And so, but this shows you that, like, people, not that many saw it the first week, but then they told everybody how good it was. I, I And I want to go see it just because I want to encourage them to make more movies about people that hurt elephants. <laughs> oh, is that why? Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. I just like... <laughs> Elephants have been getting a free ride. Yeah, for way too long. that's it's it's and time. I, it's time. I, it's time. Yeah, like the elephants need to just dial it down. <laughs> right, you're not so damn special. No. You're not cool. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, Kevin, Kevin, you like this movie a lot more than I did. Yeah. But speaking of La La Land, I just watched that again while my yeah. daughter was visiting us over the holidays, and that movie stands up so well. Mm-hmm. And all I could think was, who goes back and watches Moonlight a second time? The guy in Moonlight. It's <laughs> yeah, the yeah. guy that won the Oscar. It's for a Moonlight. discussion. <laughs> it's a discussion that you could honestly we could get into yeah. for an hour and a half. I mean, I think we all feel the same way. Like Moonlight, I enjoyed it. I like I enjoyed the story, but at the end, after all the the buzz and talk about it, I'm like, this is so overrated. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not very overrated. It's not worth the acclaim. And, and it doesn't end. It just stops. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was like I was really disappointed that I was. I spent the first hour like, where is Sybil Shepherd? <laughs> <laughs> I thought Bruce Willis would be in this movie. <laughs> Moonlighting, but yeah. I it's one of those things where like they were making a statement as opposed to voting for the best film or something that Correct. made an advancement and and it, i'm all for telling these stories and that's fine but don't slap best picture on a movie because you want a story out there Correct. Like, i didn't it, hate moonlight no, i just hated that all. it became best picture yes. yeah. when la la land was clearly the best picture and a movie people will watch for yeah. decades it's unfortunate and then so yeah again all of us like we're not saying moonlight's bad or we hate it blah blah but it did not deserve the acclaim, in my opinion, and uh, I agree. I mean, I own the La La Land soundtrack. I, you know, almost wore the vinyl out. Uh, I loved the film. I'm going to um, make Kevin very jealous right now. So they send us things mm-hmm. in the St. Louis Film Critics Association. They'll send us screeners and stuff. So for uh, the Greatest Showman, they sent us uh, the sheet music and the fancy, like oh nice, nice cover and stuff. And uh, it's it and I they must have really wanted to win best song because it showed up autographed by the composers look Stop. at you yeah are you serious dead serious do you have a Pasek and paul autograph yes i do do you want it yeah <laughs> <sighs> you haven't seen the movie what? Oh. so it's been out for three weeks uh, <laughs> but yeah, i've seen it four times in theaters uh, wow uh, i took my wife to see it for date night and you know they have a special program right now with on your fifth screening you get a restraining order Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Autographed <laughs> by <laughs> Pascal and Martin yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Sammy Petrillo. But no, just real quick. So I took Katie to go see it. And for a date night on Friday, I had seen it during the week 
took her on date night to see it. Instantly, she said, this is my favorite movie of all time. We went and saw it at 10 a.m. the next day. And you day. were really groundbreakers in that. You were the first uh, straight couple to make that a date <laughs> night. <laughs> but, well, we were the youngest crowd, too, probably. But no, we went and saw it again at 10 a.m. after date night. Went and saw it again, and then I brought my son and my mother, and my eight-year-old son now says it's his favorite movie of all oh, time. Oh, that's like, cool. So, of his show, entire life. Yeah. Well, but you know, I mean, he just saw Star Wars too, so like, it, it's I didn't influence for an it. eight-year-old to gravitate to a movie like yeah. That. When cool. you're eight years old, the last thing you liked <laughs> was the greatest thing you've ever had I in know, your life. But I know, that's true. I that's will say true. this in 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 defense of, of Kevin Ryan uh, has killed three elephants since he seen <laughs> the movie. He liked it. <laughs> he so also much. skinned a tiger. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's a learner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's perfect. Anyway, it's he's I'm, also become a racist. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what? No, that's not true. It's not fair. He was always. That's true. A That's little. fair. It's, yeah. it's a learned behavior. Right. Jeez. Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, the Greatest Showman. We did not practice no, we that. No, it's amazing. Uh, but The Greatest Showman, so I'm happy that it's increasing. If you like musicals, go see it. But uh, it made $14 million, a 9% drop from that record breaking increase. It's also. Th- that it, is an amazing story. It's an amazing story. Plus, it's it getting hit with some heavy competition. Like yeah. those yeah. are some big movies that are pulling away from that should be pulling yeah. away from for it the box to do a seventy three percent and then a nine percent drop right. week after week. I mean, you, it, you it, would think the eighty million dollar musical would yeah. be movie number nine five, right? right. Yeah, Which so is, yeah. But yeah. what I would say real quick though is like when I went to go see this movie, I tried to see it with Ryan, which you know I tried to bring him to go see it one day, uh, and then it was sold out, and I had groups of people. Coming into the theater going, we can't see Grand Showman. It's sold out. All these theaters, because of the opening week, stuck it in their smallest sure. house, oh, right four on. or five showtimes a day. I'm telling you, groups, they could have sold 10 tickets at a time. Yeah. They're sold out. They're sold out. I mean, So that no, that increase percentage could have been higher. Yeah. I, it, exactly. So yeah. they did a disservice because, I mean... Well, I get you, it. you can't blame them though. When like, has I mean, that ever happened? Right. You know, yeah. it's like a nine a nine million opening, and then all of a sudden they're just like, "Oh, by the way, here's a seventy two percent increase." Like, yeah. They, they, I, has, I mean, what's what, what's been the highest bump before that? Not counting art house movies that just Ooh, roll out wide. Tom you know? asking a poignant uh, that's question. a that's a joke question right there. Like, know, let me do some you. research yeah. on this. Um, <laughs> I will not about find wrestling. Out. He's not going to know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm not sure what it was before that, but definitely record breaking. And the greatest showman is now up to 77 million dollars domestic, 44 million foreign. So I remember the first week, its worldwide uh, income was one fourth of the budget, and now it's one eleven on an eighty four in three impressive. weeks. So yeah, that's super impressive. Huh? Yeah, and the biggest takeaway from this, and the thing that I want to see is more original musicals. Like I hope that this encourages them that they can make money. I mean, obviously this one was easy to green light after La La Land, but I just didn't want him to stop dead in the tracks. Plus you've got some, pretty, you've got some star power on this one too. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, obviously Ryan, not Ryan Reynolds, um, Hugh Jackman. No, yeah. La La Ryan Land. Gosling. Thank you. La La Land. Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone are definitely a list actors, but Hugh Jackman kind of has that extra reach yeah. because of Wolverine. Like and obviously, like the people who are just like Hugh Jackman as Wolverine probably aren't going to go see The Greatest Showman, but he's yeah. got the name recognition and, his face, and the fandom. Like, yeah. yeah, and plus the guy's like a quintuple threat. Like you know, when you talk about like triple threats, like th- what can't this guy do? Right. The guy is immensely. I, I was going to well. Here's my wife's review of Hugh Jackman. There is nothing wrong with that man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like he can do anything. The first time my <laughs> wife saw Thor, Chris Hemsworth, she was like, 
that's a lot of man. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. That's, he's built like a brick poop house. But yeah. Yeah, that's I fair. know, honey. It's like looking in the mirror. I know. <laughs> I'm it's used the, to it. It's the cross-eyed the house. house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's fun. All right, so uh, that's number four. So now number five, uh, Pitch Perfect 3, which I heard is not good. Has anyone seen this okay, movie? Okay, now I'm for not. the record. The two was supposedly ha- awful. It I was awful. I don't know if it was like... <laughs> One was one, such like a lightning in a bottle. One was great. Fun. One is yeah. great, but it's not like amazing. Like it's not like groundbreaking. It was just a fun little movie. I think two followed in the same vein. Like it wasn't. I haven't seen it, so I can't. It, it was fine. Like it was just the same. It was the same movie basically. They were just. It was kind of like Glee. You know, like in Glee, where in the first season they they lose. Like it's just. I don't think. I guess they. They don't lose in Pitch Perfect in the first. Spoilers, they don't yeah. lose. But it's kind of, they're just they like. They don't? I thought they did. They thought they were all excited about winning second or whatever. Isn't in Pitch Perfect, they don't win. I think but you're they're... thinking of Bad News Bears. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, that could be I'm true. I'm pretty sure I, they I don't win. Don't okay, so I think the, the second one is they win. Yeah. Right? Like, it's, it's, just, it's just the Rocky two yeah. of the Pitch Perfect movies. And I haven't seen this one, but I feel like the bar has been set, like, unfairly high for these movies I, like it just it is it just if gle- the first one wasn't as good as it was but i don't agree i think the first one was great it was I, so, I don't disagree it was not just a fun little movie like it was extremely fun yeah and and, and the second one uh they made a lot of stupid decisions i don't i guess we didn't review it but i did not like it and i know people that have seen pitch perfect three brad hyan's an example he loves the first one absolutely loves it and he's the third one it was just not good I just at don't know what all. you expect well, you, I mean, you would hope for more of the first one. Yeah, but if you do, well, all right. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, if you do the first one again, then you're just doing the first one again. You know what I mean? I just think it, it's just, like a retread. You just have to jump through logistical hoops to justify why these yeah. girls are pushing. Coming back. I agree. Yeah. 30 yeah, and still. Right. Yeah. And it's like with that. <laughs> still in college. The, the second one, one of the stupidest things I thought they did with it was at the very end, they set it up so that only one girl, which was the new girl, Haley Steinfeld. Yeah. One girl was on the the team or whatever this is so it's like you have this amazing cast of the first one and you love these characters at the end of the second one they all leave and leave one new character well my my guess would be because they didn't think they were gonna get them all back for a third one so they were trying to set up a third one where you know where new people where all new people or they would just do a cheap direct-to-video knockoff like glee like American Pie or something, yeah. And I American get it, Pie but movies. it's like they made the movie, and right. so clearly so they I think, keep getting them back. I think they all. So Elizabeth Banks directed this one. She yeah, directed she the, the last second one. one. She yeah. did the second one as well. Okay, so I think that's why they got them back. It's like this is yeah. them doing her a favor. Well, I also think they realize like this franchise. I think they realized like what I was thinking. Like this is stupid to get rid of everybody but the new character, yeah. and like you got to get them back. Well, if know? you want to keep it as a major movie, yeah. But if right. you want to spin off into a VOD, right? You don't type need, of thing. You got to. Then it makes sure. then it you makes sense. You can't, and you can't afford to pay Anna well, Kendrick. Right. That's Pitch Perfect Four, apparently. But uh, this week it made ten million dollars, a thirty nine percent drop. So uh, is this this was an opening week, right? This is like second week. They, they I believe this is. I think it opened Christmas. Okay, I think the numbers are a little wonky on this, but uh, I'm showing ten million dollars on this one uh no sorry let's go to this uh box office mojo has 79 million dollars domestic 34 and which is 109 on a 45 that's so all that's, right that's more than i thought i am sure they sell a lot of soundtracks 
Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true. So that maybe not doing so bad. But yeah, I've heard as far as you know the film goes, it's not very good. Right. So well. it's doing okay. It's certainly not doing what they thought it was going to do. Right. And yeah. the second one, even though it got lambasted by critics, didn't made a ton of money. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Number six, Ferdinand. So that is the uh, John Cena trying to be the Rock. Uh, Try him. <laughs> that's not going to happen. Yeah. That's not going to be. Every a thing. time I see him, like <laughs> that new Blockers movie. Yeah, that looks awful. I'm just like, can we stop doing this? Like, yeah, it, it, he's not I, the Rock. Like John Cena's great in his cameos as the drug dealer, as the gay boyfriend, like as, as Amy Schumer's boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, where he's gay. Have you, you seen know? the outtakes like, for that? No. I think they I have. are. It's funny phenomenal yeah like he is, like to his credit it's all ad-libbed and but, she can't keep a straight face because a he's on top of her but b yeah. like she apparently he's really funny like naturally funny oh yeah they should okay. do more of that but the thing is like you know why it's funny because it's ironic it's like oh right. it's john cena doing something like that's so weird right but like for him to be a lead in a film and try to play a character which isn't just ironic john cena it right. just it just doesn't work and is he the is he the the dad in that movie he's the one of the dads blockers? yeah okay is it called cock blockers? blockers it's a picture of a rooster oh, and it says blockers okay yeah. i saw that poster and i was like what is that yeah Okay. Rooster blockers, yeah, rooster blockers. Yeah. That's what it's called, <laughs> rooster booster. So, but uh, I've heard. I mean, Ferdinand actually got pretty good reviews. Has anyone seen it? I have not. I heard is it, it. Is it a blue sky? I no. think. I think it is blue sky. Yeah. Uh, but it's getting good reviews though. It's. Uh, but this it was uh, number six this week. Rob Thank Julie you, Rob Julia. Uh, Seven point nine million was a thirty percent drop from that. It's you know besides Star Wars, which is a four quadrant. I mean, right. this is pretty much the kids' movie right now. And uh, it has made $70 million domestic. I would argue Jumanji is the kids' movie right now. Well, yeah. that's true, but I think that yeah. also appeals to everybody. Like, this is more yeah. like the young, like, Just kid kid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but $80 million overseas, so it's made over $150 million on a $111 million. Um, I mean, certainly not doing... I mean, talk about rough competition. Jumanji yeah, no, and Star totally. Wars yeah. stealing them away, certainly. Um, but I heard it's pretty good, so I'll probably check it out at some point. Uh, but... The movie of the week. This is one where I'm surprised. I don't. I don't know about I'm you not. guys, but I, I'm just surprised it opened so low. Molly's Game coming in with 6.8 million estimated um, the first week in wide release. So it is up to 14 million domestic. Uh, no money overseas, and I don't have a budget on it. I, I just thought I was expecting a little bit of a bigger opening on this one. Uh, given what it was going again, same problem. Given what it's going up against, this is about where I thought this was going to be. There's so much out right yeah, now. Yeah, there's a was, lot out, and it doesn't seem to be breaking out of the the pack no from, from an awards which favorite is standpoint right yeah right Plus, we'll get into half it. the country wouldn't leave their house because of the weather that's, that's also true yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's very true so we'll get into that one next time number eight darkest hour uh gary oldman give me an oscar six million dollars <laughs> is a nine percent increase so that one is seeing uh you know a little more success wider release is this the christopher Plummer one no what's this that is, one? Uh, darkest hour is gary churchill. oldman it's winston churchill okay yeah. Um, so that one has 28 million domestic, so increasing slightly week to week, 5.4 overseas, so it's around $30 million. Um, I haven't seen that one either. Anybody? Yes. Is it good? Yes. Yeah, I've heard great things. Oldman is unbelievable. Oh, good. And it's not just the makeup that makes him... Yeah, unbelievable his performances. It's his performance. I'm glad because you know we've talked about this. Gary Oldman's made some weird movies lately, where <laughs> you know sense. he's a bad guy in Planet of the Apes. You know, that's like in a different movie, and you know, it's like the guy. Oh, is I such, liked him in Planet of the Apes. It just seemed like he was in it. Like it was weird the way he played it up. And I've seen him in a lot of strange roles lately. And it's like I want to see Gary Oldman, like amazing actor Gary Oldman. And so I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, it's really good. Awesome. That's good to hear. Uh, coming in at number nine, Coco. 
Like, wow. wow. Yeah. Didn't I, with the holidays, I guess family's still going in droves to see that. A 20% drop in week seven with $6 million. Coco is at $192.5 million domestic, overseas $367 million. So we're up there they around. can't be happy with that. I'm kidding. Yeah. Oh, I was <laughs> we're we're up there around 575, getting close to 600 million dollars on an undisclosed budget. But yeah, and the movie's great. We yep, talked about that. every dollar of it. Yeah, listen to the podcast. Go see the movie if you haven't. Fantastic. So we'll see. I guess the big thing is what's going to get best song. That's the question. Oh, so the greatest showman's up there. Coco's up there. I think Coco's going to win. I I don't think. Greatest uh, Showman will be I mean, I can say I, I think Coco's going to win, too, because I haven't seen The Greatest Showman. <laughs> but, I mean, I love the song. The bold stance. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you think Remember Me is the song that gets it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. Uh, I mean, I love The Greatest Showman soundtracks, but on repeat, I love all those songs. So, I think, like, This Is Me is, you know, an anthem. It's it's a song that voters would gravitate to. It's it's about embracing the differences and, and, and humanity and everybody, regardless of their look, their shapes, their sizes. But... I think remember me as a shoe in so that's my guess anyway. It's weird. You're you have the greatest showman soundtrack on repeat. I have the new Foo Fighters albums on repeat. Yep. <laughs> I've been listening to the new monkeys box set. Oh yeah? How is it? It's the monkeys. That's fair. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, right. Did on. you hear him say what the he monkeys, was listening yeah. to? I don't know. You... Is it new stuff or is it remastered no, stuff? Their second album, like in the deluxe edition, oh, right all on. sorts of. Oh, good. You got Tom talking about the monkeys. Well, you know, I got to We did thirty minutes on. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, it's only fair. I I should have known better than to make. A, I went to make a quick wrestling reference. That wasn't going to happen. My especially when you make a wrong reference. We've only. We've only <laughs> done 350 of these. You should. There's no reason you would know that by now. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but that's debatable if I made the wrong reference when he debuted in a tag no, match. You said, said he, you you said said he was. Team. You said he was in a tag. He said he was in a tag team. He was wow. not. That's okay. And I would just like some credit. <laughs> Uh, for re- my restraint and not, I make, will say, not making an ex-wife <laughs> joke when we were talking about tag, <laughs> tag teams. teams. Right, like that's, there it is. Yeah. And uh, to round out the top 10, is the, yep, so just barely uh, edging out our favorite film of the year, Shape of Water. Ugh. Number 10 is All the Money in the World, $3.5 million, a 37... That's the, that, that's the Christopher, Christopher Paul. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Right and apparently they named it that ironically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you call a big guy tiny. Yeah. Right, right, right. The 3.5 puts it at $20 million domestically. Uh, I think that one opened on Christmas. Uh, another $1 million overseas. So it stuck around $20 million. I saw the movie. I thought it was phenomenal. Did I did too, yes. I, the performances, uh, Michelle Williams and Christopher Plummer. I think it's the best work Michelle Williams has oh ever my, done. It's her year. I want her to win. Yeah. I, Didn't abs- she win already? Didn't she win for something? No, I don't think so. Not for she broke back. The, she I may feel, have a best I feel, supporting. I feel, but I feel like she won best supporting like the the year after Heath Ledger. This died. would be lead though. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, and, and you know what? I saw her uh, on Broadway yeah. with with Jeff Daniels. Yeah. Uh, in a two person show in which her energy just exploded off the stage, and the same thing happened in this movie. She yeah. finally isn't playing somebody's wife. Yeah, crying on... like I mean, not that she doesn't cry, but the crying wife in distress. Exactly. Yeah, she is actually a real character in this, in and of herself. Yeah. She is playing somebody's wife, ironically, <laughs> yeah. but she's the lead in this movie, yeah. more so than Christopher Plummer, who yes. is also fantastic oh my gosh. So, well, so that That impresses me more than anything else, because he was brought in... Eight days. That's what he had yeah. to work Eight with. Eight days. Yeah. Like that's that's And impressive. I heard something like 
it was either 300 or 800 shots they had to redo. They did it. In, and I mean, his, his part was eight days. Um, I will say, so watching the movie, aside from the brilliant performances, Plummer and Williams never been better. Amazing. Mark Wahlberg's good too, but the other two steal the show. Boston accent, even though it's not set in Boston. No, no he's no. actually oh, pretty okay. good. He's, he's really good though in it too. Uh, but aside from that, watching the film, which I thought was fascinating, I never looked at it and went, oh, that's where they had edit out space. Right. That looked weird. I mean, they it matches a hundred percent. You would, if you did not know the controversy or the story, you would never right. notice anything. This isn't, so. this isn't weird lip Superman. It's not. And <laughs> there was, there was one scene I think where they had to, like a lot of them were plumber reshooting these scenes, but there was one where they did have to do some weird CGI stuff. I'd never noticed it until no. I read about it. So hmm. uh, uh, go see the movie. It's fascinating. I, I think, I know it's not doing that well at the box office, considering all the hype that it got right. after the Kevin Spacey thing, I think that's a movie that lives on in Netflix or Amazon Prime yeah. for a long time. People are going to come to that movie for years. It's real good. I want to, for the performances alone, even though I know the story now and everything, I was like, I want to go watch Plummer again and Williams again and this. Yeah. yeah phenomenal. Um, so that's the top 10. Uh, real quick, I would like to go through the 2017 films and just tell you what they made this year. Sure, uh, let's blow through last that year. So, Yeah, uh, 2017 domestic gross. Star Wars The Last Jedi opened 12-15 and already has made <laughs> $555 million. The number two film, Beauty and the Beast, $504 million, and that opened back in March. So wow. to see the wow. amazing power of uh, both owned by also Disney, Disney, by the way, yeah, so, right. but uh, just to see that difference right there between the one and two and the right. release dates, uh, pretty amazing. Number three, Wonder Woman. Good so for that. DC's uh, and they have a new. They fired everybody. They have <laughs> they the they yes they did. They fired all of their creative people. Yeah. And oh they, right. They brought in the guy that uh, was in charge of New Line, so he's responsible for uh, Lord of the Rings. Lord, not Lord of the Rings, no. but it. And oh, all the the, the newer the, new the newer new, new line, new line, like, new, okay. new line. Uh, and now he's in charge of the DC unit, like the DC cinematic yeah. stuff. They okay. fired whoever the guy was and Jeff Johns. Like they're both like yeah. you're out. Isn't Jeff Johns still in charge? He's of still the whatever. chief creative officer. Yeah. So like he's he's going to be there to ensure like uh, things continuity sense, yeah. and integrity f- compared to the comics. Yeah. But, but he's not calling the shots. Nope. Yeah. So they've got a whole new person involved. And like, let's also note all three of those movies, the top three movies of the year, female leads. Yep. Every yeah. single one. It's pretty impressive. Number four, Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume Two. So another superhero film. It's amazing to well, see another, another Disney film. Here's the and here's the trend. Yeah, three hundred eighty nine million dollars. Spider Man Homecoming, number five. Oh. So you wonder. So great. You wonder oh. why? <laughs> Did you not like it? No. Oh, what? I like really? It. It's interesting how polarizing and the. It's not like fifty fifty split, but like everyone loves it, and then this other group of people hate it it's like the, you know what i mean they don't just think it's okay what sets you off about it yeah what oh <laughs> do we have another hour no we don't have enough <laughs> okay <laughs> listen for another special in the near future oh now. man i love that movie uh so yeah uh number six it speaking of that one uh it it the movie i didn't stephen I king right yeah yeah uh three no it's not the 90s one that's right? true isn't yeah, that right. what the 90s yeah. is that what it's who called? would have thought a movie about it people <laughs> right <a> company <laughs> the the it crowd the, uh, the is it, like the, the so mad right yeah. now yeah. oh man <laughs> What a great show. Stole their shtick. But uh, it made, uh, in the number six, about $327 million domestic. Number seven, Thor Ragnarok, $312 million domestic. Number eight, Despicable Me 3 with $264 million. 
Number nine, Justice League, God, making that top it. ten with two hundred. Or I'm sorry, that one is yeah, two hundred and twenty-six million. Just fell backwards into that money like yeah. there was. <laughs> and the number ten film, just slightly edging out the fate of the Furious. Logan made two hundred. Oh, good for it. Yeah, two hundred and twenty-six million domestic, whereas the fate of the Furious made two hundred and twenty-five. And that just edging out Jumanji, another oh, December really? release. Jumanji at number twelve with two nineteen. Also, yeah, that's so impressive. yeah. So by the time it's all said and done, it'll crack the. It should crack yeah. the total mm-hmm. for year movies. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So an interesting year when you look at uh, like Paul had mentioned, female lead in the in the top three, and then it's just superhero movies. I mean, that's. That's what we're getting. That's where the money's going. Those are the new blockbusters. And you wonder why we're getting, you know, 10 a year. I'm interested interested to see. Well, we're not, though. Like, they're going to slow down. So you've only got Ant-Man and Wasp, Black Panther, and Avengers. And I... Aquaman? And that's it. There's no other superhero movies next year at all. Uh, Granted... There's uh, no DC... Aquaman, Aquaman, yeah. But that's... They're not doing... Like, Flash has been pushed back to... Who knows when? I I think they're going to retool that whole thing now that the, they've got the new guy in charge. They yeah. should, yeah. But yeah, like there's they they're taking a break from the superhero movies. Well, so they much, need to. Oh yeah, you can only you can't pump those That's out. The, yeah, yeah. I but think they, I they've think got Black, enough money to float them for a year. I think Black but, Panther is going to be massive. Yeah, that's going to be huge. If the buzz around, it's right, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is the extended box office. Awesome. Well, thank you, Kevin. You're welcome. So I guess that's it for this episode. Let's go around the table, and everyone can say where to find them. I'm Paul Harris on uh, the Twitter thing at, at, <laughs> at Paul Harris Show. And this is Joe. You can follow me on Twitter at Joey Butts, B-U-T-T-S, 21. This is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. If you'd like to continue the conversation online, you can find us at Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers or on Twitter at Real Spoilers or at our website, realspoilers.com. Uh, while you're on your Internet, you should uh, go to iTunes. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, helps us tremendously. And as always, we greatly appreciate it. So coming up on the next episode, we will tackle Molly's Game which I'm very excited to have Paul Harris back for that one because you are uh, a poker expert, right? Can I call po- you that? Uh, I play poker. Aficionado. But you know, I, th- I, feel I know like more about it than you guys. That makes me <laughs> expert in the room. Sure, but I feel, like, I feel like you know more about poker than the average bear. Stay tuned to the next episode <laughs> and find out if that's true. And you have uh, had an in-depth conversation with the subject, the title, the titular, and I mean oh. that... <laughs> It's not dirty, actually. No, no, it's fine. Although it works that but way, I, too. Yeah. <laughs> the titular uh, Molly Bloom person Correct. of the film Molly. Yes. So, so you will have, some, I think, some very good insight. And you know a lot about the backstory. You can kind of fill us in on who these celebrities really are. And, and between and, now and our next episode, you can go to my website, harrisonline.com, and listen to that interview with Molly Bloom. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. You should do that. Pause yeah. it. We'll just wait for you again. Like okay. We do. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so <laughs> you've uh, just pressed play again. Okay. Right. Wrap it up. So that's what you have to look forward to next time. So thanks for tuning in. And until then, you've been warned. I see what's happening. Yeah. You're face to face with greatness and it's strange. I know it's a lot. The hair, the pod. When you're staring at a demigod, what can I say except you're welcome for the tides, the sun, the sky? Hey, it's okay. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. 
Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.